Okay, welcome back to a monumental episode of the Unreasonable Odds podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you probably already know why it's a monumental episode. If you're listening in the car or wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure to download, subscribe, all that good stuff. But if you're doing that right now, you don't know that I actually have a guest. I'm just going to call him a guest because he has to a earn guest. his status back. Uh, guest of the show. Julian Edlow is back from paternity leave. He's been gone for about two months. Uh, he's one of the people that does come back from paternity leave. So welcome back, Julian Edlow. Glad to see you back on the show, back on the grind. We're going to be talking some NFL this afternoon. I, it feels like I never left. I'm very excited to be back, Steve, and be a guest on your podcast. Thank you very much. I'm glad to have you here. Um, <laughs> obviously, we're going to be running through uh, the rest of the NFL season. Julian should be here without any issues now moving forward. So we'll continue to give you all, all of our NFL insight. We'll probably be back with the guest next week, too. But we wanted to ease Julian back into the, the groove of things. Like, he just did an in-studio show today. I heard he had a lot of issues just getting his microphone on. So I'm like, you know what? Let's just take it easy for this week. Get through this podcast. Then we can start bringing on some guests next week as well. So Definitely do you don't want to work too hard exactly you 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 need time you absolutely need time and i need time off um okay let's just get right into <laughs> we'll get you that <laughs> so let's get right into the board here for this week um fairly tough week overall i i think this week uh when i when i was looking at the board here uh sunday night i always just try to like to do that just try to see if there's anything that pops out at me immediately nothing really did <laughs> that and um you know obviously things changed during the week and whatnot but when nothing pops out at me Right off the bat, I'm like, oh, it's going to be one of those weeks, isn't it? Did you kind of have that same feeling uh, looking at the board Sunday or Monday? We've had so many of these uh, this year. <laughs> and it's like I'm, I'm scrolling through it again as of Thursday afternoon. And it's just this is the NFL right now. Like there's not yeah. that many great options. It's impossible to know what teams are going to do week to week. You've really got to pick your, pick your spots. Uh and it's really tough to lay – I don't know if I'm going to really lay points with anybody or at least more than like a, a field goal or a minus goal. a minus two and a half. I'm yeah. not going to lay points with anyone the rest of the year unless it's teasing them or they're less than a field goal. It's dogs yeah. or, or teasers almost at this point. Um, I'll say this. like the, So the first place my eye went is uh, who does Denver play this week? And they're yeah. in Baltimore. And Baltimore is at home in a bounce back spot after dropping the game in Jacksonville. But I don't want to. I don't want to lay eight. Like I, I think Baltimore wow. covers. But that was the piece that immediately jumped out to me. Like Baltimore is the money line parlay piece. Baltimore is the teaser leg down to two, getting them through a field goal. Anything two and a half or better. That was the first thing that jumped out to me. The problem is we need to find something to go with it. So I think that's what we can work on doing. But the the Ravens to win at home against the Broncos on Sunday jumped out to me. Not a hot take at all, but like in a sport that is impossible to figure out right now, that's one of the only things I trust this weekend. And it's absolutely amazing too how deep we are into the season and the Broncos, at least by an average game basis, are the lowest scoring team in the league. And you think about some of the other teams 14 that points per game I mean, with Texans, Russell Wilson as your quarterback. It's like we're playing in 1972, wishbone offense. <laughs> I mean, the Texans, a bit being by a point and a half, are averaging more points per game than the Broncos are right now. But this is what kind of what you mentioned, like this is what the NFL is. Even with that in mind, even knowing that, even though how inept this Broncos offense is, I don't feel comfortable taking eight points with the Ravens right now, who to, the, who, to their right. detriment have also not been a great scoring team 
as of late. Now, should they be able to score against a Broncos team? I mean, really, it comes down to as long as they can limit the Broncos offense, which every other team has seemingly done thus far, has been able to do. But my confidence is not on the Ravens offense either. So is this a, is this a game that maybe I just take the under on the Broncos team total? Maybe I was kind of toying that idea because I'm with you. Like the Ravens should win this game. The Broncos should continue to struggle scoring, but I'm not really comfortable with taking minus eight with, with the Ravens right now. That's just, that's kind of where I'm at. So I've been toying around the idea of just maybe taking the under on the Broncos team total, because that's kind of been the smash play when it comes to this team right now, or, you know, just betting the other side to win. But that's kind of where I'm at because I hate, I hate, you know, taking eight points. It was eight and a half yesterday, but I, I, I hate taking eight points with the Ravens right now. So, the two sides that I was potentially looking at betting without teasing, like just straight sides, Tennessee around like plus six and a half against the Eagles had my attention for a bit. I blinked. It was down to five, five and a half. Now it's four and a half. Can't go there. And then, uh, you know, the Packers were at two and a half for a bit laying two and a half at the bears. And I was hoping maybe Aaron Rodgers was would get ruled out and we could get closer to a pick with Jordan Love against whoever's going to back up Justin Fields, whoever's going to play if Justin Fields doesn't play again for the Bears. I was ready right. to take that. Then Rodgers says that he's going to play now. It's at four and a half, so I can't touch it. So those sides are are out for me. I will say maybe some running back props for Green Bay in Chicago. Maybe some running back props for uh Nick Chubb in Houston. I know all eyes are going to be on Deshaun Watson, but that is by far the worst run defense in the NFL. And uh, I think a really Very good bad. spot for Nick Chubb. Um, the two, the two potential teaser legs as favorites that jumped out to me to maybe put with Baltimore. The issue is they're both seven point road favorites that you can tease down to one. I looked at the Browns against the Texans, which is a game that I do want to talk about in a second. Me too and the Seahawks at the Rams. And I think for me, it's going to be a a Baltimore Seattle teaser. Yep. Seattle's going to beat the Rams. Um, The Rams are coming undone and now no Donald. Seattle's coming off consecutive uh, losses, right? Um, The one overseas to the Bucks, and then they lose in overtime to Vegas on the walk-off Josh Jacobs touchdown, Seattle needs to bounce back, get a win in division here, and against the limping Rams team is who it's got to be against. So that, uh, And no more uh, it, no it, more Allen Robinson. No more – yeah, there's no receivers. There's no quarterback. Yeah. There's no defensive player of the year. So a- after combing through it like all week, I generally know like on Sunday night or Monday what I want to bet. It's going to be Baltimore-Seattle teaser for me uh, as as a, a best bet. I guess we're, we're – coming to the conclusion early here. Yeah. And then if you go to a money line parlay, you're only at minus 141. So taking a, uh, uh, a teaser, 20 cents of extra yep. juice, but you do need Baltimore to then win by three and Seattle to win by two. Right. So, um, so I do, I, I think those are obviously the options that you can go to here. I'm actually surprised. Uh, you didn't bring up this team as a potential teaser. Like, cause I like them a lot straight up anyways. But you can also tease them as well to get them up to seven. You're gonna say, you're gonna say the Giants. No, I'm not. I'm gonna say the Pittsburgh Steelers going up against the Falcons. Ah, okay, up to seven. Yes, talking about two teams going in completely different directions is the Steelers and the Falcons right now. Um, I I like what I've seen 
from the Steelers lately. And I don't think it, it's a coincidence that this really has coincided with the return of TJ Watt to that lineup and what he's done for that team defensively. I don't think that that's a coincidence that this team overall has been playing better. Uh, I think Pickett has been looking better over the last couple of weeks too, as well. And I really like the spot going up against the Falcons. And I think that them as underdogs is, is just incorrect. Like I think that they should be the favorites right now in this game. I'm surprised that they're underdogs in this game. It's basically almost a pick at this point here. Um, but I talked about this play on VEASAN last night. I just like taking the Steelers on the money line here. And if there's one thing that you can say about the Falcons, they like to run the ball just as much as anyone. They've run the ball um, more in the league than any other team except the Bears. We know the Bears are a huge running team. But over the last three games, the Steelers have faced like the cream of the crop when it comes to opposing running backs. They face Alvin Kamara, Joe Mixon. He did get injured in that game, so remember that. And Jonathan Taylor. Over those three games, the teams as a whole average about 67 rushing yards per game. Now, when you look at the Falcons saying as much as they like to run the ball, it's not like they have one of those guys. Cordell Patterson obviously does what he does, but he's not like a huge yardage gainer or anything like that. So if that means that the Steelers have to, excuse me, if the Falcons have to rely on Marcus Mariota, which is what they haven't had to do, then that's a recipe for another loss for the Falcons. So I like the Steelers a lot this week too. So if you can get them a teaser, taking them straight up, I think they're one of the better teams to take on the board this week. All right, Steve likes the Steelers. Um, if I'm looking at dogs to tease, <clears throat> it probably comes down to three for me. Uh, the Giants, as I as I mentioned, I thought was going to be your pick. They're at two now. I like them at two and a half, uh, particularly to get it up to eight and a half. Yep. The Dolphins are at four in San Francisco. I think they have a shot in that game, honestly. Uh, if that were to go to four and a half and I could get ten and a half with Miami, very yep. interested in that. Um and then finally, the Bengals are sitting at one and a half. I think the Bengals have a, a good chance to beat the Chiefs at home uh, on Sunday. If you can get the Bengals up to seven and a half, I think they're going to be in that game. How many times have we th- said this about the Bengals with Joe Burrow against the Chiefs, right? It, feels, it happens every time when these two teams play against each other. The Bengals have played very well against the Chiefs over the past couple of years. And now they get Jamar Chase back in the mix. Like, you have to like that. Because the other thing is, too, is like the Chiefs are kind of – I don't want to say kind of banged up, but like they're pretty thin at receiver right now. And obviously mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey kind of helps to mask that covers up a lot of that. Yeah, but they are pretty thin at receiver right now. And like the backups that you're talking about, you know, it's Watson or, or Sky Moore. Sky Moore did look good last week, by the way. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, I think if you line these two teams up right now, I would say I would maybe give a slight edge to the Bengals offensively when it comes to these two teams as wild as that may sound, but then the Bengals <clears throat> it's not are crazy to say, not crazy to say at all. And we know the chiefs have been a different team on the road yeah. for a while now. Um, so I I'm with you. I think, I think the Bengals are also a very attractive uh, teaser leg to consider this week as well. I do want to get to that game that you mentioned. You want to talk about the Browns and Texans. I really want to take the Texans here. I really do. Yeah, I, what have we watched? I don't I don't know if this is going to be your point. I'm just going to throw one thing in. What have we watched with these quarterback return games over the last couple of years? Patriots have a kick in the air in Foxborough to beat Brady and the Bucks, um, even though it falls short. We now know the Broncos stink, but the Seahawks, as huge home dogs, take down the Broncos on, on and Russell Wilson on uh, on opening night. 
quarterbacks haven't fared well returning to their old teams. And this isn't like a guy that's been playing. Sean Watson hasn't played in two years. Yeah, over 700 days. Over 700 days of real game action. And as a minus seven road favorite, this would tie his biggest spread as a road favorite in his career. That's a lot. That's a big number for a dude who hasn't played in years. Literally years. Yep. So, like, there is nothing, and I mean nothing, that the Texans have showed me that I would feel confident in. But seven points just kind of feels like a lot when you would consider this this situation. I, 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 it honestly, like, I feel like I'm going to be toying with this idea a lot, but like, it's kind of like, I, I feel like we're almost being baited to take the Texans at the, like they, they challenge you to take the Texans at this point for as bad as they've been. And on another point to that too, where are we getting 47 points from? Like this just feels that's like where I was going. This feels obscurely high 47 <laughs> points. Why? Like, so, so you don't know what you're going to get from Watson, okay? First and foremost, so there's that. So there's the first wild card in the mix. And you've already mentioned this too. What's the easiest way to beat the Texans? You do what? You run against them. Okay, well, running yep. doesn't usually mean a ton of points are going to come on the board. Texans are the Or if most... anything, even if Nick Chubb does have one of those buck 52 touchdown games, yep. that's at least, there, there's 25 carries right there, and that's going to grind some clock. Sure. And then, you know, we got Kyle Allen, I presume, is starting again over Davis Mills. I mean, it doesn't matter at this point. It just, you know, flip a coin. You're basically getting the same guy at this point. Texans are averaging just over 15 points per game. We mentioned earlier, second lowest in the league, uh, only above the Broncos at this point. I, 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 47 points is just a lot for a league that the, the, the under has been dominating on the game total all season long. Just a weird total, man. Like, I... I, I, I'm very interested in the under. And I dare say that might that might even be one of my favorite plays this week is taking the under 47 it's, in this game. So I think it's one of my three favorite plays this week is under 47 in Houston. Yeah. Um, for many of the reasons you just said, I know we think about how bad the Texans are. You can also say this. The Texans are coming off a half of shutting out the Dolphins on the road. Yeah. They gave up 30 in the first half. Yep. And Miami team total last week put this on one of the bad beats for the year. I didn't have it. Team total was 30 and a half. <laughs> they scored 30. They scored 30 at halftime and didn't cash their team total. <laughs> Texans shut them out second half. Um obviously Miami was playing a little bit different of a game, grinding clock, playing defense and whatnot. Uh but yeah, I see this being I could see I ultimately don't see Houston winning. Um, yeah, I'm not taking. I think the Bra- I think no. I think even with Watson being rusty and even making a mistake, uh, a turnover, the ground game and the defense is good enough for the Browns to ultimately win the game. I think it could be a Houston covers, Browns win, and the game goes under. So yeah. like, uh, you know, Deshaun Watson looks meh with an interception, but Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt save the day. And the defense plays pretty well because I don't know how Houston, uh, the Houston quarterback situation. I don't know how that offense moves it. So like, I'm thinking like a twenty to fourteen type of Browns win in Houston. Like I could easily yeah. see something like that. Because the other thing is too is like it's not like the Texans secondary is bad either, right? Like they're 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 ridiculously bad on the ground, but like through the air they've mm-hmm. actually been fairly efficient. So you throw that yeah, in the okay. mix. With, yeah, throw that in the mix with somebody who you know hasn't even been able to practice with the team. That's yep. that's that's a lot to overcome for a, a seven point favorite. So, 
to be determined on Houston here. If it goes, so if anything, I should have taken this one. This was at seven and a half. It's down at seven. If we can get back up to seven and a half at some point, then I probably will jump on. But I am most definitely taking under 47. I just think that's that's just such a ridiculous total. Like, so I mean, put it this way. This game's at 47. Tennessee Eagles is at 44 and a half. Right. Like, that's just, it's just such a weird total for the two teams that are involved in this one here. So definitely taking uh, under 47. That is most likely going to be my best bet here. But um, for a game that, I probably wouldn't have had a lot of interest in a couple of weeks ago. I've been giving this game a lot of attention. Okay, so it sounds like kind of for consensus picks, Ravens as a teaser leg. Yeah. You like it with who? Who's Who would you put the Ravens with? Because for I'm, me, I'm, it's Seattle. I think I'm putting it with, with Pittsburgh. I'm going to tease them up to with seven. With Pittsburgh? Okay. Yeah. So we're giving out a couple different teasers involving uh, Baltimore as, as as our main piece there. We are both on the under 47 in Houston. One more under I want to talk about, uh, and then I'll give it to you if there's any closing thoughts on NFL. This one has come down from 41. I played it at 40 and a half. It's now 40, and it's the under in Commander's Giants. Those divisional games, uh, particularly between these two teams, tend to be ugly, tend to stay under this number. It's later in the year. Um the Giants have been struggling more offensively. They have no pass catcher, catchers, but they have a good defense, and you get Heineke on the road here. I I just don't see how this isn't a grinder of a game, so I will still give it out at 40, um, but I'm not really comfortable going lower than this, I would say. I'm, I'm probably on a, on a pass when it comes to the total on this one here. Uh, it's gotten a little too low for me at, at this point, but you know, these are two bad teams that hitting the over to begin with. I think the giants are four and seven and Washington is four and eight and Washington um, is definitely airing the ball out more and especially more efficiently since Heineke took over like him and McLaurin have just been such a dynamic hookup uh, since Heineke took over. I just, I, I have a hard time with the giants. I, I just can't figure this team out. Like I feel like I, really struggle with the identity of this team because they've had like such a, I don't want to say they've regressed, but they've just, they look, they were so good in the first half of the year. Now they've lost what three of their last four. I think it is at this point now. Mm -hmm. And Washington is kind of starting to look like the real deal to me. Like, I really feel like that if this team continues to play, as well as they have, and they're getting Chase Young back, I think, this week, finally. That's going to be a huge boost for them defensively. Um, I, I, I I worry that Washington could put up a lot of points against the Giants, and that's really kind of where I get a little nervous here. And Saquon Barkley, not that he really gets scripted out of these games, but he's been very efficient on the ground. And I feel like Washington, excuse me, the Giants are going to want to do that. So I, I don't like this game at total. It's kind of my long-winded answer to this one here. So that's a pass for me here, but... I can definitely see, especially with what we've seen from both these teams so far this season, uh, why the under is definitely in play for you. I'm going to give out two stats from from friends of the show to to back up some of my plays. This from the Action Network. Outdoor divisional unders. So this meaning wow. Washington, New York. Outdoor divisional unders this season. 23 and 10. That's very specific, but that's an impressive number. Well, I'm a specific <laughs> guy, Steve. Um, outdoor <laughs> And the other, the other one from from Vegas Insider, from our friend Joe Osborne. You had Joe on when I was out, didn't you? 
Yeah, he was very happy you weren't here. Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, so I'll thank him by using one of his stats here. You're going to like this one. Have you seen this one? It's a teaser stat. Do you know what I'm going to say? No, I, I have not seen this yet. Okay. So I didn't do this on purpose, and I actually I saw this stat after I bet this teaser. Okay. I said I'm going Baltimore minus two yep. and Seattle minus one on the yep. teaser, which means I'm fading Denver and the Rams on my teaser. Right. The Rams opponents um, and the Broncos opponents combined have covered every teaser number this season. Both opponents are 11-0 and if you teased them against those opponents for a combined 22-0. and So you have wow. not lost teasing against the Broncos this season. You have wow. not lost teasing against the Rams this season. So naturally, it'll one of them will give it up this week, but... Right. That's that's pretty amazing, though. Truly, that's that's quite phenomenal. It is. Um, all right. Any other NFL thoughts before we switch to college? Whether that means you sticking around here or we kick you out, and I just talk to the camera by myself. Go ahead. You can talk here. You can talk here. College stuff. You're gonna stay, and we're just gonna look at your face for ten minutes. Sure. Okay. No more NFL. The floor is yours. Player prop spots that you got circled. Anything? Nope. I'm kind of thinking Chubb against Houston. Yeah. Um, okay. College football. It's conference championship weekend. Um, it's a little bit of a letdown, honestly, because these games are supposed to be big. You want your Georgia's, Alabama's. You want your Ohio State, Michigan's, even though that can't be a conference title matchup, but just games that mean something. And a lot of these games don't, but there are some that do. USC is essentially has a playoff game on Friday night. In Vegas, the Pac-12 championship game, they're three-point favorites over Utah. The only team to beat uh, USC in the regular season, one-point loss at Utah for USC. If you follow my stuff, I'm loaded up on Utah. I had their win total over. I had them to make the Pac-12 championship game, which cashed. They needed a slew of things to happen last Saturday. They happened. It cashes. And I have Utah to win the Pac-12. This is where I think I'm going to reverse course and do a huge hedge on USC money line. If you're neutral, I think as we record this, USC is minus three for minus 105 on DK Sportsbook. You're going to get two and a half. If you're neutral, you have nothing on the game. I would take USC minus two and a half in the game. I don't want to get in the way of Caleb Williams. He's going to win the Heisman. He's going to be, I think, a Patrick Mahomes type prospect almost coming into the NFL. He's going to win the Heisman this year. Um, I... I've heard some sharp money coming in on Utah, and they played them well the first time around, obviously, but I can't get in the way of the USC offense right now, and uh, I think the defense will get enough turnovers as, it, as it's done all season against a guy like Cam Rising, and USC will win the Pac-12 and get one of those college football playoff spots. Um, Rapid-fire stuff, like for the big favorites, again, these Boring games that should be big games, like Georgia laying 17 and a half against LSU. Anything 17 or better, I'll lay it with Georgia. I think they're going to smack LSU. Let down, they lost their chance at the college football playoff. McDaniel, the quarterback, is hurt. How good is he going to look against Georgia, against this defense on this stage in Atlanta? I think Georgia blows out LSU. But on the other side, I think Michigan wins and stays undefeated um, in the Big Ten. But Purdue can hang with them. I would take Purdue plus 17. They have a quarterback. They have receivers. And this isn't one of those, like, muck it up outdoor Big Ten games. They go to Indy and play in the Dome for this game. So, like, a passing offense like Purdue can can hang around with Michigan, I feel like. 
Um, other games on the board. I'll take another dog in UNC, plus seven and a half, plus eight against Clemson. Clemson lost their crack at the college football playoff. A little bit of a letdown spot. They can be physical. They'll run the ball on UNC, kind of like Notre Dame did. Um, but the UNC passing attack is more than good enough to hang around with Clemson. Overrated defense. Lack of motivation, whereas I think UNC can get up for this spot. Uh, let's see. A couple other quick ones. Tulane was three and a half over UCF. UCF beat them in the regular season. Tulane's the the better team. I would take Tulane at three. If you can't get them at three, they're three and a half right now. Like it's a short money line. I would do something like just parlay Georgia money line with Tulane money line, and then you get it down the price on Tulane to win the game. I kind of like doing it that way. Um, minus and I saved the. Go ahead. Minus one forty one. Is that what it is? Uh, I would yeah. like a little better than that. Uh, I was thinking like one thirty. All right, we'll see. Um, noon on Saturday, big game. Undefeated TCU, only laying two and a half, minus one forty on the money line against K State. K State had him on the ropes in the regular season, twenty eight to ten, and then went down to the third string quarterback, threw a pick on his first throw of the game, and things spiral out of control. K-State gets it back this time. USC will not be undefeated anymore. I like K-State plus the two and a half points, and I think they win that game. Um, I'll have a college football best bets article out. Um, Steve, are you going to throw your your buck in the dark here? What's the college football game that's going to hit this weekend? Boise State. Boise? Hmm. All right, I like Fresno. Uh, Perfect. (laughs) Glad that you could (laughs) chime in with that. I'm going to give a college... College basketball notes before we get out of here for the weekend. Um, Friday night, rematch of the 2020 national title game. Baylor blew out Gonzaga. Baylor and Gonzaga on a neutral floor. All these analytics sites, Ken Palm, etc., have uh, the Zags favored. Gonzaga's not that good this year. We saw him get mopped at Texas. We saw Purdue mop them. They needed to come back against Xavier in the last game to win, but they did win that last game on whatever it was, Sunday night. Baylor got embarrassed in their first true road game of the season. Tuesday night, they go to Marquette, six-point favorites, get blown out. I want Baylor as an underdog on Friday night against Gonzaga. I think they're going to win the game outright, so I'm really excited to watch that game, and I'm really excited to place that bet Uh, for the rest of the weekend. Here's a college basketball look-ahead spot for you Saturday. Steve loves when I talk URI basketball on our oh, programming. God's sakes. The Rhode Island Rams are awful. They're one of the oh, worst good. shooting teams. They're one, yeah, they're one of the worst shooting teams in the country. Uh, they are one of the worst defensive teams in the country. Um, they turn the ball over. They take care of it with, you know, no, no passion. They take care of it like... Steve Buchanan takes care of a, I don't know. Keep going. What do you, what do you, what's something that you do not take care of well, Steve? URI. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) That makes no sense. (laughs) Bottom line is we got the Battle of the Ocean State on Saturday night in Kingston, Rhode Island. Providence travels there. They are not a very good team. So a lot of these sites have them laying only like three points. Providence is going to beat URI. I'll lay that short number with them. Sunday. Worst high major team in college basketball, Louisville. Unbelievably bad. Steve Buchanan could play center for Louisville basketball right now. Um, So look at that spot against Miami. Miami just got a home win and covered uh, 
on Wednesday night against Rutgers. Miami's going to blow out Louisville on Sunday. And I'll end my my uh, monologue with this. Steve, do you know the hottest trend in sports right now? Uh, when it comes to the basketball? If you've seen my Twitter. Oh, I, I, I have it, it on mute. Uh, all right, then you wouldn't see it. Oh, Celtics. Celtics first half. You don't have me muted. Celtics I, I, first I, half I took, team I total. Took it last night. I took it last night. This, the Celtics first half team total is not only a perfect 12-0 to the over at home. This team is machine-like on offense. They are putting up like 70, 70s consistently in the first half. Dallas Mavericks came in here as the number one first half scoring defense in the NBA, around 50 points per game. 70. Miami Heat come in here as a top 10 first half defense. Uh, I think it was 68 on Wednesday night. This week, the Celtics played on Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. They cashed all three of their team total overs in the first half with more than five minutes left in the first half. Mm -hmm. I just want to shed a spotlight on Celtics team total first half. They get Miami again at home on Friday night, which will be a tougher spot. Same team two times in a row. Maybe some adjustments, figure some things out. So if it passes the test on Friday night to go lucky 13-0, and that's when, that's when you know it's for real, Steve. Yep, I took it last night. I was very happy. Good. Everyone should be taking it. You don't think. Just bet it. Yep. All right. That's a, that's that's a, a podcast. This podcast. Don't think. Just well, bet. yes. Don't think. Just bet. <laughs> that's how you welcome me back to the Unreasonable Odds podcast. Um, what else do we need to say, Steve? I'm, I'm, I haven't done this in a long time, so I'll let you close this out. I usually say if we have a podcast next week, just be happy. If not, don't be surprised. We're going to have maybe multiple podcasts next week because I'm back and I'm going to make sure this happens. That's it, everybody. Thanks for joining. Odds and lines are subject to change. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Bye. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.